Hi, this is John Ozanting, lead pastor of Evolve Church, and this is the Evolve Church podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you find today's message encouraging and full of hope for wherever you're at. We're in a series called The Plan, and um, last week my wife, uh, Slugger, knocked it out of the park. I was in Windsor, Ontario, preaching at Exchange Church, one of our ARC family churches, and uh, sending love today from their pastors, Pastors uh, Drew and Andrea Riach and their whole team. And again, um, I had conversations in the lobby before and after service with people that, that uh, I just want you to know that what God's doing through your life and through this story is making a difference across the nation. Yeah. I forget that because I'm in the trench here in this city most of the time. But I get these moments where I step into a room in another city in another province and I hear people saying, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for, yes. uh, for just bringing people into community. It's changed how we see Jesus. It's changed how we do life. And so I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we've been talking about this um, beautiful passage in a book called Ephesians in the Bible, chapter three, kind of unpacking it in a series that we're calling The Plan. And this, simply this, so many people struggle with their place. So many people are struggling with a sense of purpose. Right. Does my life matter? Does my life have any value? What's yes. my worth? How do I figure that out? Do I, is it just in a meaningful career? Is it in a job? Is right. it being successful? Is it being an influencer? How do I find my purpose? And too many people are lost. There's this void that where they're, just, they're really struggling with their sense of purpose. And I love that the Bible's clear that God has a mission for your life. God has a, a plan for your life. And right. it's not a, a mystery waiting to be solved. Yeah. It's a mystery that's already been revealed. And that's what the, the chapter in Ephesians 3 is all about. A mysterious, revealed plan that God has written down so that you can know yeah. what your life is meant yes. to be all about. Um, and we've been talking about this. What you do with your life isn't as important as how you do what yeah. you do yeah. with your life. Mm-hmm. And Jesus comes in not to just be a good friend or, or uh, a comforter, but Jesus comes in to radically shift what you value and how you live. Yeah. And there's a verse that says, meanwhile, let's live in a way that we're a credit to the message of Christ Jesus. I love Eugene Peterson's quote, the Jesus way right. wedded to the Jesus truth produces the Jesus life, and we all want the Jesus life. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. That, man, that man had it on lockdown. He knew what life was all right. about. But do we embrace not just his truth, but his way and how he did what he did? And that's the invitation from yeah, Ephesians 3. Last week, hon, you were talking about um, this word apprentice. Do you see yourself as an apprentice of the way of Jesus with the goal of actually doing how he did and what he did right. with his life? And that got me thinking, like, what habits do you do intuitively? Like, what do you do intuitively without thinking about it? Breathing? Mm -hmm. Brushing your teeth, maybe? Maybe you still have to think about it. We have some kids that... We have some children. ...that don't don't intuitively (laughs) brush their teeth. Come on, parents, anybody... We're hoping someday don't be ...lament with me, but... uh, Maybe you just like, maybe you like roll out of bed and turn on the shower, brush your right. teeth, um, mm-hmm. hop in, make, sort of like you, I guarantee you have some rhythms and some right. habits that don't require a whole lot of like mm-hmm. planning, that you intuitively do right. some things. 
And that's what this series is about. God has a plan for your life, yeah. a plan that's written down, a plan that's revealed, it's not mysterious, you don't mm-hmm. have to wonder anymore, you get to confidently step into yes. it, and then it shows up as, as habits that you begin to intuitively mm-hmm. practice in how you engage the world mm-hmm. around you. When we yeah. choose to follow Jesus, mm-hmm. we receive the same power, the same authority, the same anointing that he carried. Mm-hmm. The same. Mm-hmm. That's messing with somebody today. Yeah. The same spirit yeah. to fulfill this mysterious plan. Yeah. You don't have to do it in your own strength. Mm-hmm. You get to do it infused with inner strength yeah. by the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to go back and listen. If you, if you weren't in the room for some of those weeks, go back. You can, yep. you can watch them on YouTube. You can um, listen to the podcast. Um, because what we saw even last week was mm. that um, a lot of us get hung up that, that Jesus was God, and he was but the key that we saw was that he was Jesus fully human. Yep. Fully human. And how he lived was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he invites us to live the same way. Yeah. He invites us to step in being fully human, messed up, having stuff, ha- you know, having the pieces of our life right. still working towards uh, becoming like Jesus, but living empowered by the Holy Spirit to yeah. do what he did, yes. to live like he lived, and to see this world be loved and come to know him. Yeah, so good. And we see this in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, which I think we're going to yeah, jump we're, into. Yeah, we're picking up today verses 14 through 21 in Ephesians chapter 3, and I want to read it. It's on the screen. Paul writes this, when I think of all this, and when he, what he's saying by all this is God's revealed plan that he talked about in the verses before this. When I think about all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And here's what Paul prays. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Verse 19, may you, oh, that we would experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Why? Because then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I think it's important to know that we experience his love, not so that we can sit at home and feel loved. Wow, yeah. But so that we can be made complete and step into the fullness of, of the life and the power that comes from God. Mm-hmm. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Mm-hmm. Glory to him in the church in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, through all generations. And this yeah. scripture is for everyone. Mm-hmm. This isn't for like elite, you know, an elite few or for just the people in the Bible this, if you're right. feeling incomplete today, mm. and sometimes we try to Go fill there. that with other people, we try to complete ourselves with a job, right. with a career. We think if we just finally mm. get to that place and have it all figured out, we're going to feel complete mm. in our souls. But that deepness of empty soul, that deepness of completion comes from actually living in this. Yes, yeah. I'll put it this way. God's revealed plan His purpose for you and I is that we would be empowered with inner strength by his spirit, make Christ at home 
and experience his love deeply. Not just to stay there and feel good for it, but to be motivated in our completeness to share his love. His mighty work within us to accomplish more is out there for others. That's the plan. Receive Jesus, live Jesus, share Jesus. And we fulfill this plan by using our time well on planet Earth, by stewarding our days. We have time, how are we using it? Align your life with your values. That's what the world would say. Align your life with what you value. But what if Jesus says, my ways, my truth, my life are your values when you follow me? When you make the decision to surrender your life to Jesus, you're rejecting a previous set of values, you are rejecting a world system of values, and you are looking to Jesus to say, what should I value? And then I will align my life with what you value, Jesus. Align your life, your time, your habits, your schedule with what matters most to me is the invitation from Jesus. The world will say, value success, value influence, value notoriety, value fame, Mm -hmm. value popularity, Mm -hmm. value money, Mm -hmm. value more things, more stuff, Mm -hmm. bigger shoes, bigger car, bigger boat, bigger house, bigger fill in the blank, whatever. That's just like accumulate things, those, that's, that's what the world says we should value. But Jesus says, hey, what if I have a whole different set of values? Some that might even be countercultural to the world that you live in. Can you embrace those as your way, truth, and life? And then begin to schedule your habits, schedule your life, schedule your practice, schedule your days around what I find most valuable. So our big question for today is how are you aligning your life with the values of Jesus? Good, yeah. When we wake up every morning with a fresh decision to carry out the mission and the mindset and the way of Jesus as the plan, his mission becomes more important than every other thing. His ways, his thoughts, his values, his purposes, his plan becomes more important than anything else. So how do we do this, tangibly and practically? Now, we want to share just two things out of Ephesians 3, just for some practical takeaway as we finish our time together today. Sound good? Mm -hmm. Number one. Um, And why are we sharing this together today is because we actually had a... Because we've learned this together. uh, Well, and I wouldn't say learned, but I would say we're learning. Oh, yes, dear. I would say this is an... This is a... Good thing I'm up here, right, guys? Um, This is why we're doing this together. Um, I I would say... I I would say this is something... (laughs) No, that was last week. Get back here. (laughs) Uh, We're we're learning this, and this is like an ongoing process Mm -hmm. because a lot of us come from different stuff. We come from experience. Our values don't naturally align with Jesus' values. The world is also pushing at us to align our values differently than Jesus' values. That's always the way it's been. It's why he came into the world. Or by default, you just sort of like whatever the home you grew up in, Whatever was presented as values, you learned that in, yeah. in community, in family yeah. growing up, and sort of just owned that as like, oh, this is how I learned it, so this must be it. But, but opening up our lives to this, like how are you choosing to align your life with the values of Jesus, mm. is for each one of us in the room, regardless of your season, regardless of your faith story, regardless of where you're at with your faith in the room today, you might be brand new, this could be your very first time or second time in the room, and you're still like, is Jesus for me? Yeah. 
I think the most honest and vulnerable prayer you could pray this week is, Jesus, what do you value and how, do, how am I choosing to align that with my life? And then just like, give it a go. Right. Two ideas, the first one is this. His plan, this revealed mysterious plan will work through what's currently in your hand. I've just learned in the last two decades of ministry that most people don't, don't look to, to tending what's in their hand. They're like, well, what's in your hand? I wish I had that. Mm. If I had that, mm -hmm. then I could live on mission for Jesus. Right. If, I had what, if I had what Becca had, then, then I could make a difference in Jesus's kingdom. Right. We look to other people, other people's mm -hmm. skill sets and season of life and relationship status and go, if only I could have a little bit of... And Jesus yeah. says, hey, I'm going to fulfill my plan with what's already currently right now, real yeah. time, in your yes. hand. Take a look. Yeah. Let's go. He and this has us, like, our at. current season of life, our mm -hmm. daily rhythms, our family connections and commitments, our relationships, mm -hmm. your job, your vocation, your fun, yeah. your recreation, what's currently can, in your can hand. Can I pause on job for a minute? Because sure. sometimes we think, okay, well, I'm not in the place I want to be. Hmm. But what if God wants to use you right in the place you are? Yeah. What if it's not about where you're going to be or right. where you're getting to, but it's about where you are right now That's so that good. he actually wants to use? Yeah. Verse 16, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit when all the circumstances are just right. No. Right now. <laughs> right now. Empower you with inner strength through his spirit right now. To do what, Pastor John and Pastor Nicole? To do what? Empower me to do what? Empower you with inner strength to do the plan, the revealed plan that was talked about in the first half of this chapter. To see what Jesus did, to be empowered by the Spirit of Christ, and then to do the things that Jesus did. Jesus' words in John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm gonna go be with the Father. And we read this verse and think, wow, that's cool. Jesus is sending out some people to do things that he did, Come some on. people to do greater things. But do we look at that and go, Jesus, how are you inviting me to step out in faith to see you do greater things through my life as a response yes. of my faith in you, of my surrender to you, building my values around you? He went, he left, he gave you his spirit. We're still here. There's still work to be done. There's still a plan to be accomplished, and we're here to live empowered with inner strength by the Holy Spirit to practice the ways of Jesus, to look at his life as a template, as a trellis to build on, to value what he valued, and then yeah. to align our lives to what he valued and his purposes, his plan. But it begins with what's in your hand right now. And I'm so thankful. I remember a season where we were not quite married yet and then, and then newly married. And I was working in a, uh, a really vibrant career in advertising. I was a site supervisor for a cutting edge marketing company. That's fancy talk. What that means is I went around to restaurants and university campuses and nightclubs and I cleaned advertising posters in bathrooms. <laughs> Yeah, Woo! yeah. They they were cutting edge. They were captive audience. You but know, you have you ever looked? Have you ever looked at a poster in front of a urinal or in the back of a bathroom stall door? I worked for a company for a year. I was the site supervisor. 
What that means is I had to go into nightclubs during the daytime and clean all the gob off of posters and, yeah, to just honor the marketing dollars at work. But I remember in that season, I had so many moments where I was like, this job sucks. And, and the Holy Spirit was like, and I have you right where I want you. What are you gonna do with this time? What are you gonna learn? How are you gonna grow? Are you gonna be salt and light? Are you gonna step into dark, really, really dark places and bring hope? Are you gonna carry my goodness? Um, and I love that whatever's in your hand right now, God wants to use you where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Number two. Okay, number two. His plan will work through both our scheduled time and our unscheduled time. Mm. And this is also why we, we needed to do this be, together because mm-hmm. um, I don't know if in your home or your family. In this um, relationship, I in, represent the scheduled time. Absolutely not. And those of you who know... Uh, I, I'm the scheduled, like, like, give me this guy. I need to have this laid out, worked out, figured out, planned out for the rest of my life. And um, John was like, let's try this today, right now, in an hour, in five seconds. Um, and that's why we work well together, because he stretches me, and I definitely stretch you. <laughs> no, you schedule me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, okay, that's true. But I think, true. I, I think if, you, um, if we're talking about like, what did Jesus value, then I think it's actually super fun to go to scripture and go, did you know that Jesus scheduled things and God used him in his scheduled moments? And he was also open to God using him in unscheduled moments. We actually see this clearly in the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus' life was, was an attractive force of hope and healing and holiness yeah. and power and deliverance and love wherever he went and whatever he did. Mm-hmm. And he invites us to consider that's how we're supposed to live also. Mm-hmm. That's how we're supposed to step into the world. We don't just come into this this room to gather in some ideas to feel a little bit inspired because that's the danger. For years, I I attended church to be encouraged and inspired, but I didn't live any different on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday afternoon, if I'm really honest. Empowered by inner strength to begin to change what we value and how we schedule our time and how we invite the Holy Spirit to use us in unscheduled moments. Mm-hmm. But like we look at Jesus, so many scheduled moments. Here's a few, John 11. Let's go back to Judea. Here's a plan. Mark, um, Mark 6, let's go off for some quiet time to pray today. Jesus scheduled that. Luke 8, let's cross over to the other side. If you read through the narrative in the life of Jesus in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're gonna see all these moments where there was a plan. Let's go do this. Okay, let's head over here. Okay, we're gonna go here now. Let's do this. And if you read that through the lens of Jesus actually scheduled and planned and made plans, but then we read about all these stories on the way to doing something where Jesus was like, wait a second, somebody just touched me. Wait a second, this person needs um, a moment. Wait a second, this person's believing God for a miracle. Luke 8, Zacchaeus in the tree. Matthew 8, the centurion. John 4, the Samaritan woman at the well. Matthew 9, the woman with the issue of blood. Luke 10, um, what's the greatest commandment? Um, Jesus sort of unpacks randomly in an unscheduled moment, bringing truth, bringing healing, bringing life. And, and I want to encourage you as you read through Gospels, as you read through the narrative of Jesus, read, read through this lens. He scheduled, he scheduled, he scheduled, God used him. Unscheduled, God used him. Mm-hmm. And we just, we just really think when it comes to executing the plan and living empowered by the Holy Spirit that God shows up in both the scheduled right. And the unscheduled moments. Yeah. And most of the time, and we've talked about this before, most of the time um, our life is actually out of church. Hmm. 
It's, it, it's the things that happen outside of these hours that we have together that God moves in the most powerful ways right. through Jesus. And right. why are we talking about time? Why does time matter? Why is it about scheduling and how we live? Mm. Because that's all we take with us. Right. We don't take our careers. We don't take our money. We don't take the stuff that we're building. We don't even take our family. We take with us how we lived on this earth and the right. decisions we made. Wow. We take with us how he lived and moved through us. Mm. The brilliant thing about Jesus is that he made a schedule with his day and then he allowed his schedule to be interrupted by these beautiful unscheduled moments. We've shared this quote before from John Mark Comer. If you want to experience the life to the full of Jesus, his nonstop conscious enjoyment of God's presence and the world, all you have to do is to adopt not only Jesus' theology and his ethics, but also his lifestyle. Look at what he did and then copy it. This story in Luke 10, um, the Good Samaritan. Anybody ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan? Show of hands, online chats, give me a thumbs up in the chats if, if you've heard. Uh, if you grew up in Sunday school, heck, if you've never been to church before, I guarantee you've heard about the Good Samaritan. But we read about it in Luke 10, and, um, and for time's sake, uh, I think it's really important because this expert in religious law is asking Jesus, like, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Uh, and Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you'll live. And the man wanted to justify his actions, so he's like, can you be more specific, Jesus? Like, who's my neighbor? It's my Jewish buddies, right? And Jesus goes on to tell the story of the parable of the Good Samaritan about a Jewish man traveling who gets attacked by bandits, and a temple assistant walks by, and a, and a, um, a priest walks by, and then this Samaritan, this like hated neighbor, comes by, and cares for this broken Jewish man. And in this story, we see an inconvenient need. We see like a tension moment, an inconvenient need that needs being met. And we feel the tension of the interruption, like I'm on my way somewhere. Ugh. And we process the cost of that moment, like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm already four minutes late for work. If I pull off to the side of the road here and help this guy with the flat tire, don't carry the three, I gotta come. Uh, God bless you, somebody else is gonna help you. Right, we, we, these are real moments. Um, but at the end of this passage, the man replies, um, uh, of course, the one who showed him mercy is, is obviously, that's the right thing to do. And Jesus' response to him is like, now go and do the same. Love your neighbor. Now go and do the same. And it's the same for us. Now go and do the same. The priest, he passed him by, and you're all like, oh yeah, there's a need. Pastor Jono, go deal with that, mm -hmm. right? The temple assistant passed him by. He's like, hey, uh, ministry leader, um, yeah, I saw this thing. Could you deal with that, right? Mm -hmm. And God's like, no, 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 no. The unlikely other in this story is the one that God used. And I think that's beautiful for all of us in moments where we show up as the unlikely. Well, I'm not ordained, I'm not a minister, I'm not on staff, I'm just an unlikely other. Yeah, right where God needs you to be. Now go and do the same. Mm -hmm. It's quiet in here. And you know what, I, I think- The, the online chats are lighting up the, with fire the, emojis the, and bombs, the, I can see it, but- uh. The piece to look at too is this is Jesus teaching his disciples and that's who we are, right. teaching people about how do I do this? 
This isn't just mm-hmm. about, like, when it says neighbor, this isn't just about the person who lives beside us. Mm-hmm. This is the interruptions in our day. Right. Those are our neighbors. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, a lot of us can sort of look at me like, like that, that pastor who, you know, should have stopped. But come on, how many of us don't stop every day? Mm. We're all the same. We're all the same. And that's what Jesus is saying. Right. We are all the same, whether you have a title, whether you don't have a title, whether you are, you know, in a specific career, yes. whether you're in a sp- certain spot. It is the same, same way of living that applies to all mm. of us. So good. No matter the season or what you look like or how old you are. That's what this is saying. Verse 20 in Ephesians 3, um, Eugene Peterson's message translation. I love this. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. God's not going to force you to step out of your comfort zone to bring life and hope to others, but he will gently nudge you, and you will get to decide, am I going to do this or not? Now go and do the same, or I hope somebody else deals with this. And there's tension in that. There's, there's margin. There's time. There's commitment attached to that. There's, there's a lot of things at play here, but I think what's important is um, this, that this isn't a matter of theory, or inspiration or motivation. This is a matter of practice. This is a matter of trying it. This is a matter of just beginning to create margin. Like if you normally schedule 18 minutes to run into the grocery store to get what you need to get, maybe you schedule 23 minutes to get what you need to get and trust that God's gonna bring you across somebody who needs something from him today. Maybe it's just a matter of practicing how we schedule our time, practicing how we create margin, practicing in an expectation that God wants to nudge you into moments that bring healing and grace and life and hope in the name of Jesus. Because there's no wasted season. There's no wasted moments unless we waste our moments. Know your season, honor your season, use your season. How? How are we doing this? How are you aligning your life with the values of Jesus? Yeah. Jesus... Uh, invites us to submit our right now season. Hmm. So I want you to just take a moment. What is your right now season? Right. Where are you at? What's going on? Um, he, he invites us to submit our right now season to obedience and surrender to the Father's plan for the unscripted. Yeah, I love that. We, we had this um, personal awakening in 2014. Um, about seven years ago, our kids were younger. Um, we were married. We were working in a, in a great church. And, and a lot of our time, a lot of our hours was just sort of scheduled around working in a church. And we had this personal epiphany one day that was like, we actually don't know any people who don't know Jesus. And it wrecked us. It actually arrested our hearts. And, and so we began to create margin in our, in our days and in our calendar and in our schedule to purposely create time in rooms with people who were far from Christ or else what's the point? One of the first things we did was like, hey, you know, we work, we work for a church. We're pretty good at planning events. Let's, let's host a community water fight. We were living in a neighborhood and, uh, and so we, 
we borrowed every water gun we could. We borrowed every kiddie pool we could. We bought hundreds of balloons. I, I worked with the fire department. They brought their truck and filled up all the kiddie pools, and they were spraying the crowd. And, and I invited a few neighbors to help fill up hundreds of water balloons, and I bought, like, cheap vinyl, and we cut them into, like, headbands and so that we could put everybody on teams. And we created a Facebook group and invited our neighbors to invite their neighbors to invite their neighbors to invite their neighbors, and we crossed our fingers, and on a beautiful Saturday afternoon, 400 people showed up for a neighborhood water fight. Yeah, it's crazy. And it was a riot. And at the end of it, this guy walks up to us like, hey, um, did you plan this? And we're like, yeah. Like, hey, it's pretty good. Um, I'm the chair of the, uh, the, the community social committee. Would you join my committee? <laughs> and I didn't say I'll, I'll pray about it, right? We're like, yes, of course we will. Of course, we will begin to make schedule time. and make time yeah. Yeah. to like love and serve where it really, really counts, where it really, really matters. Mm -hmm. And for us, why was it a water fight? Because at the time, our season looked like having young kids. Right. It looked like young family for yeah. us. And so it was like, what can we do to actually be around people that don't mm -hmm. know Jesus. And for us, it was like, we need to just bring our kids with us. This is the season we're in. What can we even do to bring right. them into this too? It's a family, full-on family thing. And, and even with um, something like as small as this, in every season, we actually have to take a look at the season that we're in. Right, reevaluate. And con continue to add this into our life mm -hmm. because we look at the life of Jesus and how he lived and I want you to think of how many times he stopped in the middle of his on the way there and was like, hey, um, I see you, and I'm going to just invite myself over to your house because I don't have a house. Mm -hmm. I don't have money or food, so I'm just going to come over to your eat house your food. and eat your food, yep. eat out your pantry, eat out your stuff, um, because he took time to be with people who were far from Jesus. All the university students are like, hey, this is a good idea. Like, my food budget's a little so, thin. Yeah, know your season. If you want to invite yourself over, over you hey, just let me do come it. over. I want to tell you about Jesus. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Knowing your season and then, like, strategically partnering mm -hmm. with the love of God who's already at work in your life and yeah. the power of God will so nudge good. you towards what you can do in your season. And do you know what? The thing is, the, the tricky thing about church is that it's awesome and we love it and, in, and we actually see the church as being. Um, um, something that a, people can come that are far from Jesus. That's right. actually how we do church here at yep. Evolve. And so it is like a mission field. But the thing is, we can become mm -hmm. Christians that just to get to be fat Christians. Oof. Where we actually forget it's, it's about being like Jesus in sitting mm -hmm. with people who are far from Jesus as yep. his number one value. Jesus' number one value was sitting with people who were far from him. How is our life reflecting that value. Well, we've done this by starting Facebook groups on streets where we live just to plan block parties and have neighbors over for fires. We've done this by um, intentionally working in coffee shops just to be where people are, to begin, to begin seeing people, by singing at open mic nights, by coaching soccer, um, some of the ways that we have done this and continue to do this. Um, volunteering at my kid's school, helping with musical theater, um, just, just to schedule time to be in rooms with people who consistently, the same rooms with people who are far from Jesus. What's in your hand? And how can you use your right now season to value what Jesus valued? People.
people who don't yet call his name, people who don't yet surrender their life to him fully, go there and begin to make a difference. I want to share something a little bit vulnerable. Oh, I wanted Be to share that. Okay, you, no, you go. go ahead. You go. You go. Because we don't get this right all the time. Right. There was a season last year, and um, we decided to move into a, a rental um, to build a house. And um, i got to be honest with you, we did nothing. We didn't even hang pictures on the walls. We didn't go after our neighbors. Because it was temporary. We thought, it's a temporary season. Yeah. Shoot. And as I look back, my heart is like, God, there was probably some moments I missed out where you were nudging us. Don't waste a season. And my encouragement is that we struggle with this too. And we will forever struggle with this. And this is an ongoing life thing about leaning into the presence of the Holy Spirit, allowing him to use the season that you're in, even if you're tired and exhausted and things are hard or things are amazing and wonderful, or you're living in a rental property, or you're not, or you have the per perfect circumstances, or you don't, every season God wants to use to love you more yes. so that you can love others. Verse 19, Ephesians 3, then, then you will be made complete. When? When we, when we have the power to understand his love and experience the love, then we're made complete with fullness of life and power is what Paul talks about. Being made complete is you and I choosing to live in the intentionality of sharing the love of God with the fullness and the power that comes from his spirit. That's what being made complete is. It isn't just so that, I, oh, I feel complete. No, it's actually like meant to like flip the switch and the narrative of how you spend your time pouring into others. Being made complete is you and I living in the intentionality of sharing that love, sharing his love with others in the fullness and the power that comes from him. And his plan works through our scheduled time and our unscheduled moments. Yeah, make a quick list of the environments, of the moments and the places where you schedule time. Think about it. If you were to close your eyes, just use, use your imagination. We're almost done here. But like, just yeah. use your imagination to think through all of the, the, the rooms where you regularly or even semi-regularly schedule time. A mechanic at a body shop, another mom at a bus stop, a senior citizen at a coffee shop. That rhymed and I didn't mean it. A family out for a walk, the water cooler or lunchroom at your workplace, the steam room at your rec center, your child's daycare, the library or hallways at your school. Like if you were to make your little list of like regular, regular spaces where you schedule time. Mm-hmm. And then just say, God, I want to be aware of the purpose that you have for me and what's in my hand right now, in my right now season. You've got me exactly where you want me. You've, you've placed and ordained my days with strategy and with wisdom. And when I'm sitting in these spaces that I regularly go to, hoping that somebody else tells them about Jesus, I have to be honest that your Holy Spirit's actually nudging me mm. gently. Come on, come on, daughter. Come on, son. So can we just take a moment? Can you just close your eyes with me? Hmm. 
God, you know that some of us are feeling incomplete. Right. Like we don't even know why we're here. Mm. And you want to speak to that. The son or daughter, you've been made with a purpose. Yeah. There's a plan. There's something bigger on your life. Mm -hmm. And it's for every one of us. Holy Spirit, would you just um, awaken our hearts with our true reason to live, with the time that we have, with what you have in our hands right now? Would you nudge us mm -hmm. to come close to you? Mm -hmm but then to nudge us to take steps to share that love. God, in our everyday, that daily surrender, becoming more like you. God, I pray you would just show us right now yeah. the places, what's our season? Mm. What do you have right now in the middle? And maybe... Maybe you're here today and you don't even, um, you're not even sure about Jesus yet. Right. And this is a decision you want to make. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. The first step is actually allowing Jesus to shape your life, mm -hmm. inviting him into your life. Yeah. And so I want to take a moment for us to pray together, all of us praying the same prayer out loud with all the people in the room that want to make this mm -hmm. decision today to invite Jesus to be part of their life, maybe for the first time, or maybe it's coming back to actually a redecision of what you want your life to align with and who you want it to be about. Right. And so why don't we just pray together? Mm. All of us out loud, yeah. repeat after me. God, God, thank you. Thank you. For forgiving me. For forgiving me. Thank you. Thank you. For loving me. For loving me. And being all that I need. And being all that I need. Thank you. Thank you. For giving me. For giving me. A greater purpose. A greater purpose. That would come alive. That would come alive. Through knowing you. Through knowing you. Every day. Every day. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, I just want to invite you to write that on a connect card. Somebody needs to know about mm -hmm. it. Keep coming and being a part of family. And yeah. um, there's so many ways that you can grow. And this is just the, the first step. And the Love second it. part is actually the ongoing work that God does in us every, every yeah. day. I got some homework for you. Are you ready? Um, in, the, in the months and years to come, we're going we're gonna, to like, create spaces. Some people are like, I don't even know how to talk about Jesus. I've never shared my faith with somebody. And that's a real thing. And I honor that and I feel the weight of that. Like you wouldn't even know what to say. I don't know the four spiritual laws and I can't, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I, I, I just don't know how. I honestly think like right now in this room, right here in this moment online, story we heard this week that erected us from our online community. Um, Jesus is faithfully transforming lives right here in this moment yeah. as we gather together. One of the best things you can do for somebody is just say, hey, I'm going to this thing. I'll save you a seat. Come with me. 
And so I'm, here's your homework. Uh, Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade for Christ, and he had, this, uh, he had this cool baseline in his life that if a conversation goes longer than 30 seconds, I'm supposed to tell that person about Jesus, which I think is really cool. I actually love this a lot. And so it's like, hey, hey, how's your day going? Oh, really good. Off to a great start. How about you? Oh, you know, pretty, pretty normal, pretty okay. Crazy weather we've been having, hey? Yeah, like what an unusually warm fall, but I'm loving it, I'm not gonna lie. Ding, 30 seconds. <laughs> like that feels overwhelming. <laughs> you, think you, have, you have 30 second conversations with people all the time. This is, yeah, but this you, is Jono's feeling is like, yes! I can do I'm just, this. I'm just trying to help the people. And then I'm, I'm like, oh dear God, God, I have to say something. Come on, let's be real. We're all in the room in different places. Yes, but I, I, this is your homework. An honest next, like, what do you, what do you got planned for the weekend? Oh, not much. Kids soccer. How about you? Let me tell you. One of the things I look forward to the most is gathering together with my church family. It's changed my life. Would you like to come with me? <laughs> you can do it. That's your homework. Have a 32-second conversation with somebody. I triple dog dare you. Um, I don't know. Just You don't have to. You know I'm what? It's, like it's, it out there. it's easier to share something that we love when we feel like overwhelmed with how much we love it. True. And so it's easy yeah. for me to share a restaurant or something that I love. Yeah. And sometimes it's more like, um, it's more like me having the boldness to being like, hey, what church do you go to? Like, are you connected That's anywhere? That's your dad's question. Yeah. That is my dad's question. And I don't I've go to started church to anywhere. just use it. No. I don't have to literally be like, and Jesus loves you. Right. You know, like it, it literally can be Doesn't so be beautiful weird. to like come and do life with me. That's how Jesus did it. Yeah. Come, yeah. would you just come and do life with me? Triple dog dare you. Um, and and so, okay, next week, I want to share that we're just going to be talking about next week, we're going to be talking about the church and the plan for the church and how that involves you and I. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Why do we do church? Thank you so much for listening to today's message. If you're ever in the Edmonton area, pop by for a visit. And if you need any more information, visit evolvechurch.com. We hope to see you soon. Mm-hmm.